what is up <sighs> it feels like a long time since i've done this but that's because i was on last sunday because i was off for a week hanging out with the family and my church family going to family camp at a new location so that was super fun and i got to meet new people and hang out with old people and it was a great time so people have been sending me so much stuff um it's it's endless right now obviously um it's funny <laughs> after uh after grace life got their fen the fence taken down i didn't know if i'd have anything to talk about but here we are i'm using my daughter's cup because i can't find my bro here's the thing one and um yeah let's check out what's going on nothing in the chat yet say hello hit like and share hi maureen hit like hit share all that stuff right off the bat resistance coffee company use code davis if you haven't seen their new facebook post it is pretty awesome it looks like someone put a lot of effort into the new picture um so go check that out who is that oh <laughs> <clears throat> i'm a ray of sunshine apparently after a hard day thank you sylvia <laughs> Uh, so I want to talk to you guys something about something really quick. There's no video for this. There's nothing, uh, there's no article for this. I am hi, 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 Brenda from BC. So we need to talk about the term vote splitting real quick. It's nonsense. Stop it. If people are trying to tell you to vote for Aaron O'Toole and the conservative party because of vote splitting, that's enough. No more of that. Don't fall for it. It's a trick from the conservatives to soak up your vote. Because if you're going to vote for a party where 60% or 70% of all their policies are basically the same as Justin Trudeau's and 55% the same as Jagmeet Singh's, then you're not vote splitting if you vote for the conservative party. They're all vote splitting together. The problem is, is those three groups, plus the block, all have the majority together. Stop letting them, people that tell you to vote conservative because of vote splitting, stop letting them tell you that the conservative party is different enough from the liberal party that you're stealing votes from the conservative party if you vote for PPC or Derek Sloan's independent guys you are not vote splitting because the conservative party is evil so don't let them do it now you'll remember look up michelle rempel's insane feminist leftist tweet that i posted here a couple weeks ago look it up it's that's not a conservative it's over they're not conservative. He is going to love, Aaron O'Toole is going to love and respect all the vaccine passports from all the provinces. And he's completely and totally pro-choice. He believes in a woman's right to choose, which is code word for he is okay with them murdering their children in the womb. So you're not vote splitting if you vote for Aaron O'Toole. I need someone who's going to come out and say, I want to defund the CBC. Enough of it. Oh, John Sampson. Vote splitting is a control method they have been using for years to try and control our votes. Pure fear. Totally agree. And it to it's it's worked it worked on me last time. It did. I I I liked everything about the PBC party, but I voted for Andrew Shear and the Conservatives because I liked the guy in my area at the time, and I will not be making that mistake again. If the Conservatives want our votes, they need to earn them back. Right? You don't get our votes. You don't just get them because you're entitled to them because we're supposed to be worried about the Liberals getting in. If you don't want the Liberals to get in, give me something I can vote for. Otherwise, if the Liberals get in again, that's your fault, not mine, for being just as terrible as them. Can I get an amen? <laughs> so, 
Maureen says the leader of the PPC is one of the old boys club. I don't trust him. I, I you know what? I understand where you're coming from. I kn- I know people close to me that are worried about him as well. But you know what? He was willing to get arrested, and I just I have a hard time not believing him. You know, and he's he's made some mistakes in the past. People keep bringing up from stuff that I was in high school when it happened. I, I'm done, man. I got to throw caution to the wind on this one. You know, I like Derek Sloan, but he came out and he said I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't, uh, he, he didn't say he wouldn't defund the CBC and news. He said he wouldn't bail them out anymore. It's not good enough for me. It's not good enough. None of our money should be going to the CBC. It's enough. So for me, that's a big one you need because you could change the tide of the culture. If there was no giant funded leftist media in this country, right? You could literally reshape the country if you had honest, honest media out there. I think. Yeah. First, we have to get a conservative actually running for that party. Exactly. I assume you're talking about the conservative party. Yeah, there's almost no conservatives. And when there is someone is even remotely conservative, they get rid of him. So, guys... I guess we'll move on to our first point of interest. Justin Trudeau talking about anti-vaxxers, right? Um, And we're going to just bring that up right now. Look at him. It's really... Again, this is... You know, guys, this is kind of like the Dina Henshaw stuff. It is hard to subject myself and you, people who are supposed to trust me, people I'm supposed to care about. I'm subjecting them to Justin Trudeau talking again, and I I apologize. I, I really do. But it needs to be done, unfortunately. Oh, so that's not what we want. So the folks out there tonight shouting, the anti- Hold on, guys. Let's make it nice and big for us. All right, let's listen to this guy. So the folks out there tonight shouting, the anti-vaxxers, they're wrong. They are wrong about how we get through this pandemic. And more than just being wrong, because everyone's entitled to their opinions, they are putting at risk their own kids, and they're putting at risk... So... You're entitled to your own opinion, unless it's dangerous for others. Well, your opinion about being a communist or a socialist or whatever you want to call it is pretty dangerous. So, maybe we should not listen to you anymore. Our kids as well. That's why we've been unequivocal. If you want to get on a plane or a train in the coming months, you're gonna have to be fully vaccinated. So families uh, with their kids don't have to worry uh, that someone is gonna put them in danger in the seat next to them or across the aisle. And we know that the way to get through this as well is to make sure that people can go into non-essential businesses and feel safe that they're not gonna get uh, catch COVID from someone next to them. And that means we're... So, think about that. What did he just say? He said, we need to feel safe that we can go into a grocery store and not catch COVID from somebody beside us. But, as has been proven and is now public knowledge for everyone, the COVID-19 vaccine does not stop transmission. It simply stops symptoms. At least that's still the narrative. So now this is counter-narrative. He is still saying things counter to the actual narrative. He can't even keep up with the narrative. The only thing that could actually happen in that situation is someone who's unvaccinated could go to the store sick and give it to someone who's vaccinated, but allegedly they won't show any symptoms. But what could also happen is the other direction where an unvaccinated person gets COVID from someone who's not expressing any symptoms because they're vaccinated. And then that person gets sick. 
So that's the only concern. But of course, we don't expect him to say anything truthfully. We're going to work with provinces and territories who want to move forward on vaccination certifications, on vaccination passports, so that everyone can be safe. And what's more, the federal government... So I'm young enough to remember, uh, or <laughs> I'm old enough to remember when uh, vaccine passports were a conspiracy theory. And if you look this stuff up, you'll find out even just a few short months ago or even weeks ago, it was still a vaccine certificate. And now he's fully using the term vaccine passport, just something to think about. Has announced we're going to pay uh, for the development of those privileges that you get once you get vaccinated because everyone needs to get vaccinated and those people are putting us all so sylvia brings up a good point here listening to a doctor tonight a vaxxed person had 250 times more viral load in their nose uh than unvaxxed so i am going to cover that i just got sent that article i might do an extra i might try to squeak in an extra episode here um, just because there was so many things to cover this week and I haven't been on for a while. So I might, I might try and cover that a different day this week. All at risk. And Aaron O'Toole is siding with them instead of with Canadian. So Aaron O'Toole isn't siding with them. Justin Trudeau is trying to paint the picture that Aaron O'Toole's stance is, is, is drastically different than his. And if you go read both of their policies, they're not drastically different at all. Justin Trudeau is bribing provinces to enforce it. Aaron O'Toole's being like, yeah, enforce it. It's fine. I don't care. It's great. So their positions are basically the same, except Justin Trudeau's comes with more free money. That's basically the difference. Canadians who did their part and stepped up. He's talking about personal choice. What about my choice to keep my kids safe? What about our choices to make sure we're getting through this pandemic as quickly as we... Yeah, no one believes that Justin Trudeau cares about keeping any children safe. And if you do, you're... <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> yeah, Justin Trudeau and children, I don't think safety is his first concern with children. I'm just saying. We can. That's the choice we've all made. Canadians have shown it in being there for each other. And I am not going to back down no matter how many of them show up to try and shout us down from i'm sorry i can't even i i can't even i just need a second i am not gonna back down like <sighs> i try to have constructive criticism rather than just making fun of the guy but does anyone believe this man there are people that believe this man how <sighs> What I know to be true, what science tells us, what Canadians have told me, which is people are willing to do their part to get through this pandemic, and that's what we will do together. So shame on you, Aaron O'Toole. You need to condemn those people. You need to correct them. Ooh. So... Ugh. It's truly horrendous to look at. Truly truly horrendous so uh, oh wow so sylvia is just saying that uh at her work she'll have to be swabbed three times a week so sylvia we really need to look into the nuremberg code and experimental testing and all this uh genetic testing doing it against your will is is illegal in canada i'm not i i i obviously cannot provide legal advice because i am an uneducated dummy but but <sighs> sorry i lost my train of thought there just everything that's happening but yeah they cannot force you to do it and personally i think that you should force your hand and say i'm not i'm not disclosing whether i'm vaccinated and i am not taking those tests and force their hand and then uh, bring them in one of those liability sheets which brings me to something else we're going to look up right now
We want. Oh, I th- I, Sylvia says there's hundreds of angry nurses today. I would say it's more like thousands. I found out that there was 200 people at a walkout protest in Swan River, Manitoba. That is a lot of people in Swan River, Manitoba. A lot. It was a lot. So, guys, let us add our next thing. Oh. We. Oh, oh, my goodness. Always with. Oh, my goodness. Always with the technical difficulties. Oh, what? I understand screen sharing works best on some setup. Why is it giving me this warning? All of a sudden, it's giving me a warning. Okay. An example of courageous pushback for those facing vaccine mandates. Let's go. So, have you seen this article? They are really fixing... Uh, Melon, my me- this app I use gets better and better every time. Now my picture just goes right back down into the corner, which is fantastic. So, uh, let's ooh, let's scroll. Okay, so as you can see, this is an example of courageous pushback. So. This letter slash legal notification was sent by police constable Adrian Gilvesi, a member of the Toronto Police Service, to her chief of police in response to mandatory vaccination and mandatory COVID testing requirements. I am posting it here with her permission and for your benefit. Never flinch, be informed about the law, and call an employment lawyer. Adrian Thank you for allowing me to make your letter public. I hope your courage inspires many others to take a stand for their rights. Creating an unstoppable flood begins with a single drop. There are strength in numbers, guys. So, if you don't want to do it, you need to find out how many people don't want to do it at your company or wherever and stand up. And when they see that number of people will literally destroy them. They can't do anything. You know, Chris Skye, he's an interesting character. He's very right. You just say no. We don't need politicians. You just say no and you stop it dead. And if no one else will back you up, then you become some sort of martyr, unfortunately. But that's what it is. That's what we're resorting to, right? As mandatory vaccines start being pushed in every field for every reason, it is becoming imminent for me that it will happen at my job too at some point. And, uh, it is a scary thought, but I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for that argument. I'm ready to not disclose my status. It's fine. It is what it is. So, and we just roll with it because we are on the right side of history. So, So check this out. This is what's really important. The good folks at Police on Guard for Thee have posted a generic template of Adrian's letter that you can download and modify to your employer. So go to this website, look it up. It's in the, it's in the episode's uh, description and it is also going to be in the show notes for the podcast version. So if you're listening on audio, I will make sure that it is in the description on Podbean or Spotify. So, this is her letter. To whom it may concern. I am writing in relation to the recent e-update mandatory vaccination vaccination requirement for TPS members, Toronto Police Service, sent to all members via email on Tuesday, August 24th, 2021. I am not going to disclose my vaccination status to the Toronto Police Service as my medical health is protected by privacy laws. My medical health and choices are private and confidential, and I am not required to disclose these to anyone. The Toronto Police Service does not have the right to ask me about my vaccination status. My privacy is protected under the Personal Information Protection and Electronic Documents Act 2000. It used to be called PIPA. Now it is called PIPEDA. As well as 
as well as the Personal Health Information Protection Act, 2004, PIPA, as well as the, I don't know how to pronounce the acronym, as well as the Ontario Occupational Health and Safety Act. So this is directly dealing with Ontario, and if you go look at the generic one, it is still themed for Ontario, but you would just need to make some minor adjustments to it, and, um, and it would work, okay? So look at this. She goes into informed consent. I am not going to consent to any type of COVID-19 testing that the Toronto Police Service may mandate. I do not give my informed consent. Informed consent means that the person who will administer the medical treatment or procedure needs to inform you of all the benefits and risks associated with the medical treatment or procedures as well as alternative treatments before you decide if you will consent or not. This is medical freedom. These are our God-given inalienable rights. Elements of consent. Your expressed, informed, and explicit consent, voluntary, must be obtained prior to treatment. Without consent, it is considered assault under the Criminal Code of Canada. Consent given under fear or duress is not consent. Section 265.3 of the Criminal Code of Canada defines consent in relation to assault as. For the purposes of this section, no consent is obtained where the complainant submits or does not resist by reason of the application of force to the complainant or to a person other than the complainant, threats or fear of the application of force to the complainant or to a person other than the complainant, fraud, or the exercise of authority. So, this is the same kind of stuff as a sexual assault from, say, a teacher or boss. They're basically molesting you. D, the exercise of authority would be the big one for me on that. That's what that sounds like. So it goes on, and I won't read the whole thing. Please go check out the the whole letter and the whole article. It is from I can and I obviously I don't know how to pronounce this. It is Julius Ruchel dot com. Example of courageous pushback. So again, like I say, the link is for you in the description of the episode. Okay. So, we will close that now. Oh. Oh, there we go. And this one. All right. So, pretty interesting. Apparently, that was really dry. All the viewers just dropped off. But uh, that's okay. We're going to keep on trucking on. I am at the 24-minute mark already. And I am not through everything I want to be through yet uh, to this point. So we are going to keep trucking. Let's keep trucking through this together. Don't show me this warning again. You guys can't see the warning. Okay. Pfizer has great news for you guys. And I did go look at the press report and it is real. So this is going to blow your minds unless you already know from the national file. Big news about Pfizer today. Pfizer is now developing a twice per day COVID pill that must be taken alongside vaccines. Pfizer is so confident the pill will be approved and likely mandated that it has started production before the end of clinical trials. Oh, good. More more production before clinical trials. Fantastic, guys. Obviously, we've got some hilarious ads to look at. I might sneeze. So, the mega corporation Pfizer is now developing a COVID pill that is meant to be taken alongside the COVID vaccines. That have already made the company a staggering amount of money. The new pill is expected to be released by the end of the year and we and will be required to be taken twice per day. 
Success against COVID-19 will likely require both vaccines and treatments, Pfizer CEO Albert Bourla said on Wednesday. We're pleased to share we've started a phase two, three, two-thirds study of our oral antiviral candidates specifically designed to combat SARS-CoV-2 in non-hospitalized, low-risk adults. Success against COVID-19 will likely... Okay, yeah, so there's his actual tweet, so you can see it. He's verified. Very nice. Pfizer also put out a press release the same week that proclaimed, if successful, the drug has the potential to address a significant unmet medical need, providing patients with a novel oral therapy that could be prescribed at the first sign of infection without requiring hospitalization. We already have two of those, don't we? Don't we? Oh. I'm glad that Sylvia laughs at my jokes in the comment section on Facebook specifically. So if you click on this press release, you will get the article. You will. Do you think my viewers are dropping because of what I'm talking about? Like, as in like they're it's being limited. Like, how does that work? I'd love to know how it actually works. Anyway, guys, you can see it. We have a, we have something. It's called ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And it works great. But you're not allowed to talk about it. So they're literally... And like, think about it. They actually think that it could be mandated. So now you're not only going to have to uh, take shots every couple months. You're also going to have to take pills. In the morning and in the evening or something. So that's awesome. Um, Again, we don't really need to go through the whole article. But guys, I have something really awesome for you. (sighs) To the six people in the live feed, you stuck it out. And you get a special treat. Maybe you've seen this video, but I bet you haven't because it's been purged from the internet 800 times. And what it is, is it's a super old video of Obama, which I don't know. The algorithms might pick it up and get my YouTube video taken down because it is purged from YouTube. And if you've never heard this, you are in for a treat, all six of you, because it, <laughs> it, oh, it is mind blowing. It is mind-blowing. So, I found it on Rumble. Someone sent it to me, and I was like, oh, I bet it's on Rumble. It's just easier to play through Rumble, right? So, let's check it out. There he is. Now, look at how old the footage is. So, this is, uh, I'm pretty sure it's before he's, oh, and of course, we're going to have an ad. So, we're just going to have to wait through that, I guess. And we'll skip it now. Oh, hold on. Oh, 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 oh. What? Oh, I'm pressing on the wrong thing. Okay. Here we go. Okay. There we go. All right. So let's check it out. Has anyone seen this video? Let me know. And for the international order that we have worked for generations to build. Ordinary men and women are too small-minded to govern their own affairs. That order and progress can only come when individuals surrender their rights to an all-powerful sovereign. And for the... So, I don't know. Do we want to listen to that again? It's only 20 seconds. Oh. Rumble does not run that great. So, guys, this is real footage. I can't remember what meeting this uh, is from. But what he tells his people, these people that he's talking to, is that ordinary people are dumb and they should submit to an all-powerful sovereign. He is not talking about God. He's talking about him. Let's listen in again, shall we? And for the international 
order that we have worked for generations to build. The international order that we have worked for generations to build. I don't know. You tell me if this is a conspiracy theory or not. I don't know. It sounds like there's some sort of global plan to have some sort of international order of countries who control everybody's daily lives. Ordinary men and women are too small-minded to govern their own affairs. Order and progress can only come when individuals surrender their rights to an all-powerful sovereign. And for the... And there you have it. So, let's talk about this. That's going to get me. I just, I'm really worried about putting that video up, but it is what it is. I've found it's pretty good when it's mixed into the algorithms or when it's mixed into the podcast or the live stream. Basically, everything seems to make it through. So, Barack Obama talking to his giant group of an international order says that you, the commoner, are too small-minded to govern your normal affairs, and they must submit to an all-powerful sovereign. And he's not talking about God. He is talking about himself and the people like him. What do we know? We know that God is the all-powerful sovereign. You know what's funny? I kind of give a, I kind of, a, you know, after talking to a lot of people on the internet for so many years, uh, I actually kind of get where he's coming from. A lot of people are too small-minded to govern their personal affairs, but it's not Obama's place to control and dominate all of them. Now, who is supposed to be in charge of everything? Who is supposed to be the all-powerful sovereign that we submit to? It is God. It is the God of the Bible. That is who we submit to, right? And if you don't, you need to. So, how do I get here? How do I get to where I need to go? You know, today I was uh, reading through my Bible plan, as I do. And, of course, more things that are relevant to topics came up again. As they are wont to do when you're reading through the Bible, because it's so relevant. And I came across a section of Ezekiel, and I'd already had a couple notes on it in one of the Bibles I was using. So I said, hey, let's check into those notes. And it ended up being a, a really cool thing that happened. I discovered some really neat stuff again, because obviously I've discovered it before. But uh, I forgot what my notes were about, so I had to look into them. Now, obviously what we've been talking about a lot when it comes to the end of this live stream is Biblical faith and repentance. And what does that look like? What does that look like when you're turning away from your sin, right? Well, I thought something came up today that was relevant. Now, what it has to do with is, in Ezekiel, God commands him to go tell the people to repent to turn back from their evil. And what he says is, is that if he doesn't do that when he's told him to go do it, then that man will still be guilty. But their blood, the evil man's blood, will be on Ezekiel's hands because he did not do the right thing. And so this gets us to the title. Is evangelism a sin? Now, I am not going to draw hard and fast conclusions from this because this was a direct order to Ezekiel. So we don't just read a section of Ezekiel and then apply it to ourselves and to our lives and say that's the end. Like it's a command for us, right? We have to build a 
You have to build a biblical case that this is the proper thing to do. Is to go out and share the good news with people. And if not, are we somewhat responsible? It's a good question. I, I didn't think about it until today. So, I'm just going to start at verse 16 of Ezekiel 3. Verse 16 of Ezekiel 3. It says this, At the end of seven days the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I have appointed you a watchman to the house of Israel. I have appointed you as a watchman to the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, warn them from me. Every time he hears a word, he is to go warn those people. Because he is the watchman of Israel. When I say to the wicked, you will surely die. And you do not warn him or speak out to warn the wicked from his wicked way that he may live. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity. He will die in his sin, even though you didn't warn him. But, look at this. But his blood I will require at your hand. Yet, if you have warned the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, or from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered yourself. So, there you go. If you go tell someone to turn from their wickedness and they refuse, you have done your job. So think about that. Now, I'm, I immediately start applying it broadly when I said I wouldn't, but... So, check that out. What does Ezekiel say? Ezekiel says, or in the book of Ezekiel says, when God tells him he needs to go preach to them, tell them... Tell them to turn from their sin, or he's going to hold them responsible. So, that's an interesting concept. Now, is this just for Ezekiel, or is it for all believers who believe in God? We're going to work through that. This command is directly for Ezekiel, but there's a principle here that we can see that flows through the Bible. And, let's think about it in this context. I just need to, where is it? Oh, I didn't, ooh. Yes, Bill, thank you. Bill says in Romans 1, 14 to 15, Paul states he is under obligation to preach the gospel. I've got more. It's going to be awesome. Maybe I'll go look, we'll read that one out loud too after. Romans 1. 14 and 15. Are you obligated to go out and preach? I would, my conclusion is yes. Now, so everyone knows the story of Jonah, right? We're in Jonah now. Look, what happens with Jonah? The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So, you're going to learn that Jonah hates the Ninevites and he doesn't want them to be saved. But look, what does Jonah do? Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he is fleeing from the presence of the Lord. And we know what happens to him. He gets swallowed by a fish because of the storm. The sailors throw him into the ocean under his direction. But that's not what's important. So Jonah is spit up and he goes to preach to the Ninevites. And they relent of their sin. It says this. When God saw their deeds, so he saw their good deeds that they were doing now. This is verse 10 of Jonah 3. That they turned from their wicked way 
Then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. You know what? Let's give it just a little bit more context. So Jonah issues this proclamation. He issued a proclamation, and it said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king... Oh, sorry, that's not... Sorry. That's not Jonah talking. That's the king of Nineveh. I missed a little bit. Starting in verse 5, it says, Then the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe from him, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat on the ashes. He issued a proclamation, and it said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing. Do not let them eat or drink water, but both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth. And let men call on God earnestly that each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish. Now it says verse 10. When God saw their deeds that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. So what do we see? We see Jonah trying to shirk his responsibility that God has given him. God spits him up onto the coast from a giant fish. And then he goes and preaches to them, and they turn from their wicked ways turning from their wicked ways right so that's really cool look at it, it greatly it even greatly displeased jonah and he became angry it's crazy this is like jonah's a wild wild book jonah begrudgingly goes and evangelizes the people of nineveh and it works and he's mad and the reason he states is because he knew that God is forgiving and kind. It's, it's wild. Jonah, Jonah is a terrible prophet. <laughs> oh, but anyway, that wasn't my main point. It was just to show you that there's this theme that you have a, that God is giving people a responsibility to go and tell others to turn from their sin turn from their wicked ways that's twice that's twice in the old testament where a prophet his specific task is to go tell people to turn from their wicked ways and if you just read isaiah and jeremiah it is filled with that it is an endless it is an endless cycle of telling people to turn from their wickedness over and over again so what i thought was really interesting though is what paul tells the church in ephesus in acts 20 um and it really sounds like paul is applying what we've learned from ezekiel to himself but about the gospel and thankfully, Bill gave us even more references in our chat, which we're going to read after as well. So, I just need to get to Acts a 20. And maybe I should use a cell phone for this, but the Bible just, it looks way better. Reading from a paper Bible, man, you, you can't go wrong. Uh, we're using our NASB Preacher's Bible handy size today. Floppy, goatskin, flexible, amazing. Okay. Oh. Wait. Oh, yeah. It, good. It is Acts 20. So, Acts 20, if you look, starting at verse 17, the NASB titles that section farewell to ephesus verse 17 it says from miletus he sent to ephesus and called to him the elders of the church so he's in ephesus he calls all the church together now he gives them a farewell 
but mixed into that farewell starting in verse 26 he says therefore i testify to you this day that i am innocent of the blood of all men for i did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of god or i believe the other translations say the whole counsel of god things like that and so Paul, that's really interesting. Paul says he is innocent of the blood of all men. That really sounds like what God promised Ezekiel, right? He promises Ezekiel that if you tell them to turn from their wickedness and they refuse, then there is no guilt on you. And so when I look at myself, I just look at all those missed opportunities to explain the gospel to people over and over again i take shortcuts or i I act like a coward right but think about it god has given us a commission to go out and preach the gospel and make disciples and because of our fear of man we don't do it all the time every time we start talking to somebody I know people that are just, you know, they have a Bible out. Everything they do is so evangelistic and to get the conversation going with everybody they talk to. And it is an amazing thing. And maybe those people have the gift of evangelism. And that's why they like that. But there's no excuse for us. If we don't have the gift of evangelism, we're still supposed to evangelize, right? Just like you're supposed to teach your family the Bible, even though you're not a teacher, right? So, what is the Great Commission? Well, the Great Commission, a good one to read, is uh, at the end of Matthew. A good one, I know, the way I word stuff sometimes, right? Mm, So, and then we will look at Romans 1 after we're just getting to the end of matthew so look the great commission is this but the 11 disciples proceeded to galilee to the mountain which jesus had designated when they saw him they worshiped him but some were doubtful and jesus came up and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, we are supposed to take this great commission seriously. This is a command. And I think that there's a biblical principle for having the blood of wicked men's hands or of wicked men on your hands if you don't evangelize them. Jesus gave us this commission. Paul takes it very seriously and says he is, you know, not under the guilt like like the blood of these men, he is not, um, he's not under the guilt of them. How, how does he put it? Oh my goodness. I'm having a, I'm having a breakdown here. I'm going back to it because I want to read it again. Uh, I am, here we go. I am innocent of the blood of all men i am innocent of the blood of all men and bill is giving me more bible verses right so this is the thing guys we need to go out and evangelize and make disciples just like god commanded ezekiel to do in his day i believe we've been commanded and paul paul took it on him upon himself to state that because he has evangelized everyone, he is innocent of the blood of all men. He's 
he's done what he he's done what he was commissioned to do and there is no guilt on his hands for those who do not believe because he told everyone he could what to believe in order for them to be saved and so Romans 1 14 to 15 oh look here it is thank you Bill Romans 1 14 and 15 I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians both to the wise and the foolish so for my part I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome he's under obligation now is that just for him no I think that we've all been commissioned as believers to go and preach the gospel and then Bill says 1 Corinthians 9.16 is another good one. So let's let's check that one out too. 1 Corinthians 9. Si- ooh. 1 Corinthians 9.16. Oh. And of course I keep missing it. Here's what he says. Verse 9.16. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For I am under compulsion, for woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this voluntarily, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have a stewardship entrusted to me. Wow. Good one, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Bill keeps this podcast running. So what is this gospel that we keep talking about? Well, I've got eight minutes to break it down for you guys. Over and over again, we have been challenged on this in our comment sections on YouTube and other things. But this is the gospel that Jesus Christ came and lived a perfect life that you cannot live. And then he went to the cross and he took your sin, the sins of all who would believe on him, upon himself when he went to the cross and was nailed to it. And then died on that cross and paid for your sins. And then was resurrected from the dead after three days. So that you could live the... So that you could live a... A redeemed life. Right? Jesus redeemed you from your sin if you believe this gospel. But... You must turn from your sin. You must. And no, I am not front-loading the gospel with a work. Belief is repentance. Repentance shows that you have believed. Turn. Turn from your wicked ways as God tells Ezekiel to tell the sinners in his day. Turn from your wickedness. Flee from the wickedness and turn to Christ. And love him believe on that sacrifice he died he died so that you don't have to go to hell it's amazing it's the perfect gift you are not worthy of that gift you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and god reaches out and says you know what it's not okay that you're a murderer it's not okay that you're an adulterer It's not okay that you're a fornicator. It's not okay that you're a cohabitator. It's not okay that you sin every day. But you know what? I'm going to take all of those sins that are not okay, that are evil, and I'm going to pour them out on my son. And it will please me to crush him, God said in Isaiah 53. It pleased God to crush his Savior that he sent. Why did it please him? Because through that he redeemed his chosen people to himself. He made, in that act of, cr- of crushing Jesus, of killing his son and sacrificing him for sin as a perfect blood atonement, for sin in that moment in that moment god saved you i lost my train of thought again i'm getting a little tired but you get the point god 
has saved you from your sin. Think about that. All those awful things. You don't deserve. You don't deserve grace. You don't deserve forgiveness. And yet here he is offering it to you. Even though you've sinned against him. Even though you've spit in his face. Even though you've pretended to love him up until this point. And yet now we're confronted with the fact of this. He had to kill his son to save you. If that doesn't break you, it should. Jesus had to die so that you could live. Christ became sin for us on our behalf. He, how does it go? He who knew no sin became sin for us. God filled Jesus with sin and then sacrificed him. Poured out all the wrath. Maybe filled with sin isn't the best term. I'm sorry. I bet you that's some sort of heretical concept I haven't thought out. <laughs> but guys, Jesus Christ came and lived perfectly. And there is no doubt of that. I was telling someone on Sunday, you can either believe that Jesus is a crazy person or he is who he said he is. This is often like a C.S. Lewis analogy, and I'm pretty sure it is. It's a good one. I'm not a fan of everything C.S. Lewis did, but the the God-madman-teacher analogy is really good. I can never remember exactly how it goes, but the point is this. You cannot say that Jesus was a good moral teacher. Jesus said that he was God. In the Gospel of John, he says, Before Abraham was, I am and when he says, I am, he is referring to the covenant name of God. I am what I am, which is the covenant name Yahweh. Jesus was making himself equal to God in that moment. And the Pharisees knew it. That's why they picked up stones to stone him. Or I should say the Jewish elites. When they heard this, they were mad. They picked up stones to stone him. So guys... Turn to Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Next week, though, or next time, I might deal with some uh, some KJV-only type arguments. I have been looking into this again because it's come up recently at church, and if my new friend from church is watching, uh, feel free to let me know if you think I've mis if I misrepresent you because. I want us to be friends. Um, I don't want you to leave. But uh, I definitely I definitely think it's really worth talking about these issues. Because it's about the, uh, the uh, veracity of scripture. The, inerrant, the inerrancy of scripture. And it's about the preservation of the text of scripture. And this is an NASB Bible possibly the greatest translation ever made <laughs> anyway guys i'm gonna let you go for the night um thank you oh oh my mouse is dead oh and bill has said one more thing oh, okay nope all right guys i'm gonna let you go i just gotta get over to my videos intro outro stuff and i will see you later